I am your anchor, an ever-present help. In calm waters or through the storm, I am with you. When you feel weak, I am your strength, your provision in times of need. I am with you. In the highs and the lows, in every rhythm of life, I am with you. Your guide, your wisdom, your counsel, a light for the path and a lamp to your feet. I am with you to the very end of the age. You are never alone. Thanks, everybody. Great to see you. Special welcome back if you are here uh, from the Easter weekend. Let me just take a moment. Let's celebrate what God did last weekend. Over our three services here in Peterborough, we had our largest Easter gathering ever, over 3,500 people. And what's uh, best of all is that um, 215 people said they either prayed a prayer receiving Jesus into their life or recommitting their life to him. Many others say they want to know more about him and pursue Alpha. Why don't we thank God for that? Isn't that a great new story? Fantastic. And I just want to take uh, just a moment to say a massive thanks to everybody, whether it was cluster events before Easter, all the incredible teams who put on the Easter services. In any way, you prayed, you invited, you were involved. Why don't we again put our hands together and thank everybody for the amazing teamwork and all the glory to God. So I'm looking forward to this new series entitled Never Alone. Now, as soon as you hear those words, if you're a young mum and you've got your uh, children around, probably you're looking forward to when they go back to school and to having a few hours alone. Or maybe you're um, a high introvert and the idea of a few hours alone may seem kind of appealing. But the broader and more serious point is that we all have a need for company, for friendship, for community. And it's kind of ironic that in our society, when we're supposedly more connected together through social media, apparently we're actually feeling as a nation lonelier than ever. There was a, a survey done recently that said that 9 million UK adults either felt often or always alone. 9 million. Uh, the government recognized the real problem. They've even appointed a special minister for loneliness. Let's hope it helps. But the, the, the bigger issue, of course, is we need to see a, a reconstitution, don't we, of true community. Uh, and that's one of the things that the church can do. And although we're not looking at that side of things, human relationships this series, we are going to do a series in the summer around the whole thing of building healthy relationships. But what I believe is great news about this series is that this deals with, I believe, an even more fundamental problem, which is deep on the inside of us. Unless we have a relationship with God and know his presence, we will feel a deep sense of aloneness. But when God comes into our life, we can honestly say, both now and for the rest of eternity, we're never alone. Amen? We're never, ever alone. I can personally testify to the difference that makes. Um, this Easter, 
I celebrated my 35th birthday. Some of you looking at me unbelievingly. I'm talking, of course, about my spiritual birthday, Easter of 1983. I invited Christ into my life. When I look back at my life before and after, even though I had a, a really great family and many good friends, I experienced many times in my childhood, particularly in my teens, where I felt a deep sense of aloneness, emptiness, or lostness. I can honestly say from the moment I said yes to Jesus, opened the door to him, he came into my life, I experienced his presence, I can honestly say something changed, and I knew from that moment to this day, and it gets better and better, I am never, ever alone. How about you too? Do you know the presence of God in that way? If you don't, then at the end of this service, you can open your door to him. But if, like me, you are a Christian and you've been on the journey, um, there's so much more because we have a living, dynamic God who is with us always. The question is, how? How can we know a God or a Father God who, according to the Lord's Prayer, is where? He's our Father in heaven. And where are we? Last time I checked, we were on earth. And then at Easter, we celebrate, don't we? We talk about uh, uh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, became a real human being. He lived, he died, he rose again. And then 40 days later, he goes and he ascends to heaven. Where is he now? He's in heaven. We're still waiting for his physical return. So how then can I have a relationship and know the presence of a God who's in heaven and Jesus Christ, his son, who's in heaven, how can you and I experience this God who's always with us? The answer is, there is what we would call a third person of the triune God or the Trinity, and his name is the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to look at this series. We're going to look at how we can never be, we, we never need to feel alone because we have God's presence with us and the presence of Jesus with us through the Holy Spirit. And I want to kick off this series and basically unpack three really important but sort of fundamental truths that will set the rest of this season up. Three glorious truths about the fact that we have the Holy Spirit with us. Number one is because the Holy Spirit is with us, we have an ever-present friend. Can we say that? We have an ever-present friend. Talking of friendship, here's a couple of quotes from that great philosopher, Winnie the Pooh. I love these. He says, a friend is someone who helps you up when you're down, and if they can't, they'll lay down beside you and listen. Ah, oh, isn't that great? Or, I like this, we will be friends until forever. Just you wait and see. But of course, in life, in real life, I'm sure, like me, you've had people, you thought, well, maybe they are going to be a friend for life, and something happens, they move away, there's disconnect. We all have situations, don't we? People we thought were going to be there aren't always there. And even if we do have friends that seem to track us, or family, all along life's journey, have you noticed that those friends or those family members aren't perfect? And have you noticed that you're not a perfect friend either? And even the best of friends can have their moments. They have their issues. They can be a bit draining at times. Have you noticed that? Or is... You've gone very quiet on me. <laughs> but imagine being one of the disciples. 
you've had Jesus as your best friend for over three years. That would be pretty stunning, wouldn't it? I mean, he's not draining. He's perfect. He's always out for your good and for God's glory in your life. I mean, how dynamic, how fun, how comforting, how reassuring, how challenging, how encouragement to have Jesus walking with you for over three years. Pretty special, eh? There's a moment in the Gospels in John chapter 14, 16, where Jesus is preparing his disciples, who he's been with, for the fact that he's going to leave them. He's getting ready for the cross, for the resurrection, eventually going to be with the Father in heaven. So he says this to them. He says, don't worry, guys, I've got to go, but I'll provide you with another friend so that you will have someone always with you. You will always have someone with you. This friend is the Holy Spirit. That's in the message translation. Now, this word friend in the original Greek, it comes from a word that's parakletos, which means someone called alongside. Try and remember that, called alongside. And if you read various translations, they'll often translate this word differently. Here in the message, it's friend. In the NIV, it's counselor. Other translations may have helper. And so to try and help us out, the amplified translation puts a whole bunch of these words all together. And you'll notice that you've got one of these sermon cards that you can take away with you, put it on your fridge or your mirror. And it's basically this scripture, John 14, 16 to 18. You can take away with you. And this is the amplified translation. Let me read this to you. This is Jesus. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, to be with you how long? Forever. The Spirit of truth, you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. Now, this is one of the most important and wonderful verses in the whole Bible. Jesus is saying, I will give you, the Father will give you when I ask him, another helper or another friend. Now, in the uh, Greek language, there are two words for another. There's heteros, which means another of a different kind, and alos, which is another of the same kind. And the word Jesus uses here is the word alos, which means another of the same kind. Let, let me uh, give you just an illustration. So I have here two 50-pound notes. Amazing. Now, would you agree with me? Although they are, this is one 50-pound note and this is another, they're not worth anything different. They're the same. It's not like this is a 50-pound note and this is a 10-pound note. They would be different, but this is the same. Okay, so, example. Um, I go up to the Etihad Stadium in Manchester and I buy tickets for the inevitable match when Man City win, will, will win the Premier League. And I go to the guy and I say, um, how much tickets? He said, 50 pounds. And I scrabble around and say, oh, I thought I had a 50 pound note there. Can't find it. So I say, ah, don't worry, I have a, another. You'll look at me like, well, I don't care, it's 50 pounds. Because would you agree with me, this 50 pounds would do exactly the same as this 50 pounds. It will buy me a ticket to 
football glory. (laughs) Because they're different, but they're the same. So what's that got to do with anything? I'll tell you what that is. Jesus is saying, I've been with you as your friend. You've seen me do miracles. You've seen me change your lives. But don't worry, guys. I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give another just like me, separate from me, but he's going to do and be exactly what I've done and been to you for the last three and a half years, except when um, he was here, he was with you, but when I go, he is going to be in you, and he's going to be in you forever. Hallelujah. And if that wasn't enough, a couple of chapters on, Jesus makes it even more stunning. And in John 16, verse 7, he says, and oh, by the way, um, it's better for you guys that I have to leave. And they're like really scratching their heads now. I mean, you've got to feel for the disciples, haven't you? Some of what Jesus said. It's like, it's better for you that I go. And they're thinking, Lord, how can this be better? I mean, you're everything. (laughs) You're, You're God in human format. What could be good about you going? He says, it's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend, who's that? Holy Spirit won't come to you, but if I go, I'll send him to you. And I I think if we actually believe that in the church of Jesus Christ, it would totally change our lives, it would change the church, and we'd go and change the world. If we really believe this. Listen to what Jesus is saying. He's saying, forgive me for getting excited, this is so amazing. He said, I have to go to the Father in order to send the Holy Spirit. How can that be better? Because when Jesus was here on the earth, while he was doing miracles in Capernaum, he couldn't at the same time be doing miracles in Cambridge. While he was in Nazareth, he couldn't have been in Peterborough. Why? Because in his physical person, he was limited to one location. And by the way, it's great having Jesus as a friend, but Jesus had to sleep. He wasn't 24-7 with them. You get this? But now he's gone to be with the Father. He's the ruling, reigning, ascended, omnipresent Christ. And he says, and by the way, guys, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And as he comes, he's going to represent the Father and me. And it's like, I'm going to be coming to you. And you're going to know my presence with you. And you can know my presence in Capernaum and in Cambridge and in Nazareth and in Peterborough and in Leicester and in London and in your workplace and your workplace and your home and your heart because he's present everywhere 24-7 for the rest of eternity. It's better that I go away that this ever-present friend might be with you. Isn't that stunning? And the thing about this friend, he's never draining He's never down. He's never weak. You can converse with him. You can call on him. You can know him alongside you. He's not just there in the good times. He's there in the bad times. He's not just there when you're happy. He's there when you're sad. Amen. He's not just there when you're surrounded by human company. He's there when you are literally isolated or feeling alone from human company. He's a friend who's there with you all of the time. Come on, let's give him praise. He is an ever-present friend. Second truth about the Holy Spirit. Because he's God, he's he's an ever-present friend. Because he's God, he's also all-knowing. So secondly, we have an all-knowing counselor. Can we say that together? We have an all-knowing 
counselor. Now, as soon as I mention that word counselor, I'm sure all kinds of images are flashing through your mind. You know, guy sitting there or a woman sitting there, and someone's on a couch, and, you know, maybe once a month for an hour, probably at high cost, they're telling him about their problems, they're trying to sort out their issues. Can I say, that is not what Jesus had in mind. Now, as it is, I think particularly spirit-filled counselling can be really good and really helpful. But the thing about human counselling, first off, is it doesn't matter how good they are, would you agree they're limited in their knowledge? They don't know everything. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, knows everything. And secondly, they're not available to you all the time. You've got to book an appointment, maybe once a month, but what about when they're not with you? But even more important is to understand when we have this phrase, a counselor, one called alongside, the primary term in their mind, Jesus wouldn't have been thinking modern psychologist or psychotherapist. It was more the term of like a legal counsel. So here's the scripture, NIV translation of the same verse. I will ask the Father, he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. And here's the clue. He is called what? The spirit of truth. And then on in John 16, verse 30, he says, he will guide you into all truth. What truth? Well, all truth. But let me just be very specific here. Firstly, he is someone who brings the truth of God into your life because he knows you. He knows me. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yet, he loves us unconditionally all the same. How amazing is that? You see, we have a deep need to be known, but that can be a bit scary unless we're also unconditionally loved. And the one who comes to live inside you when you invite him in knows you intimately and he loves you totally Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 139. It's an amazing psalm. I've just picked out a couple of verses. It says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You are familiar with what? All my ways. Then it continues, For you created my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. One of the, I believe, the keys to freedom is knowing who you are Knowing where you're not, knowing who you are in Christ, and letting God transform you and renew you to become all that God has called you to be. And the Holy Spirit is in your life to do that. And what he does is he reveals where you are, but he also comes and he constantly speaks truth to you about who you are in Christ. The enemy may come to you and say, well, you're just a failure and you're just guilty and look at, you know, look at all that you've done, and that, but that we've got a witness, we've got a counselor on the inside of us who if we'll listen to him will rise up and say, you are righteous in Jesus Christ, therefore there is now no more condemnation for you. Your days of condemnation are over. Jesus said, it is finished. Once and for all, the price has been paid. He will speak truth to you. Amen? Amen. 
say, well, I feel a bit rejected, unloved, and the Holy Spirit comes up as a witness, as an advocate, as a counselor on the inside of you, and say, you are the beloved son or daughter of the living God. You are deeply loved. You are deeply known. Nothing will separate you from the love of your Father God. Aren't you glad you got that kind of counselor in your life? He comes to bring the truth. He's the revealer of truth to you. But also, he comes to, alongside that, reveal the truth of who God the Father is. Why? Because they've been together for eternity. And who Jesus Christ is, because they've been together for eternity. In other words, the Holy Spirit comes to reveal you and who you are in Christ. But he also comes to reveal Jesus to you. If you're a bit stuck in your Christian life, start asking, Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I might see Jesus and the Father like never before. And watch what starts happening. I'm sure we've all been to a um, you know, sort of famous building at night. How about this? A bit like the Palace of Westminster, uh, Houses of Parliament. And as you see it, it looks great, doesn't it? Why can you see that building at night? It's been lit up. You don't go along, walk along the other side of the Thames and think, wow, look at those amazing floodlights. You don't, you say, look at that amazing building. And here's the point, you see... We are going to be spending the next few weeks teaching about the Holy Spirit. But what you need to know about the Holy Spirit, his job is not so much to draw attention to himself. His job is to come and act like a floodlight and throw revelation and clarity on Jesus. It's about Jesus who in turn, because the, the Trinity is totally unselfish, the Holy Spirit sheds light on Jesus and Jesus says, look, I want to reveal the Father. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it great to know a God who's totally loving? And Jesus himself said, what's the, one of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit? He, the Holy Spirit, will do what? Will glorify me. In other words, you're walking along and the Holy Spirit in these days, I believe, is going to give us a fresh revelation of the magnificence and the glory and the perfection and the beauty and the salvation of Jesus like never before. And in knowing Jesus, we're going to know the Father like never before. Hallelujah. And then in the intersection, if you like, of God showing us who we are and who we, become, who we are in Christ and how we become, and who Jesus is and who God the Father is, in that almost like that middle point, in that sweet spot, we begin to discover God's unique plan for our lives. Have you noticed that if you try and figure out God's will for your life on your own, or even with human help, and that can be helpful, we can miss it, can't we? But we have a Holy Spirit who knows exactly God's unique plan and purpose for each one of us. And he knows God's plan for his church in terms of eternal purposes. Listen to this, a wonderful verse. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 says, We have received God's Spirit so we can know, can we read this together, the wonderful things God has freely given us. Isn't that amazing? We have an ever-present friend. We have an all-knowing counselor. And thirdly, because we have the Holy Spirit, we have an all-powerful helper. How many of you have ever been and you've seen a film of, and the theme is someone has superpowers? Have you ever seen Superman? Have you ever heard of Superman? Have you ever seen Star Wars? 
not many people owning up. Anyway, let me own up. I, in my teens, I liked the original Star Wars, um, took a look at some of the more recent ones, thought they, yeah, they're, they're rubbish. Anyway, so, but I can't remember what I was doing. I think Karen was uh, away and I didn't know what to do and Man City went on the television. So I thought I'll go and watch Star Wars. And, um, you know, same kind of characters, some of them have aged quite a bit. But one thing was the same, is that the heart of the story is the Force. A sort of an impersonal power and a battle between good and evil. And then, a while back, I thought, I know, I'm hearing a lot about this Black Panther film, so I'll check that out some quite redemptive and moving parts to it, like all films as mixture. But of course, at the heart of the Black Panther is this idea of the power of the Black Panther. And somebody almost is possessed with this of superhuman kind of power. And I thought about this. I thought, by the way, I don't generally go for those kind of films. Don't worry about me. Um, but I thought, what is it, this fascination with this kind of stuff? I mean, human beings having supernatural, available to them supernatural power. There's a lot, a lot out there, do you agree? Well, is it a demonic fascination? Is it, I, I thought, well, maybe part of it is, it goes right back to the fall where man wanted to be like God. Well, it could be that. But also, it may just be a cry which says that somehow we know as human beings in our frailty and our weakness, and we are human and we're not God, we need help from outside. Isn't that right? And so that's what's so wonderful about this because you don't have to go chasing around for some impersonal force. Don't mess with that stuff. But you can know that when you become a Christian, you have a real person, the third person of the Trinity who comes on the inside of you, who's a real friend. He's really holy. He really loves you. And he has more power than the force or the power of the Black Panther or anything else that any other superhero can possess because he is the creator God himself. And he's living on the inside of you and he's come to help you in life. This is huge. This is absolutely huge. And as I started even just preparing this week, and I've been a Christian for, as I told you early on, 35 years, and I thought, how much almost like untapped power and potential have I got in my life and as you got in your life and we as the church of Jesus Christ got, if we can just wake up to the reality of the power that's in us. I just started thinking, well, who is this Holy Spirit? Well, he's, he's the Holy Spirit who is involved in creating the universe. How many think a lot of power and wisdom was needed in that act? And then you track through the Old Testament miracles. I was thinking about the parting of the Red Sea. Moses lifts up his, his rod. Red Sea parts. Stays apart. What power was holding that sea apart? And what power, when the staff indicated, then covered the enemies? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And then more current, what power was it that enabled Jesus of Nazareth to go around doing good, raising the dead, healing the sick, destroying evil, setting captives free, walk on water, heal people, open blind eyes, feed the 5,000. What power did all of that? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Because particularly if you check Luke's whole account of Luke and Acts, you see that before Jesus received the power of the Spirit, he doesn't do any miracles. He is the Son of God, but he's choosing to do miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's Jesus. He's about to go with the Father. And he says to, the Holy, he says to his disciples, but you're going to carry on my job on the earth. But don't you worry, guys. few verses earlier than chapter 14, verse 16, he says, you're going to carry on my, thing, on my ministry, and you're going to speak my words, and you're going to do my works. And as a whole body of Christ on the earth, you're going to be able to spread right across the earth. You're going to actually be able to do greater things in quantity than I've been able to do. And you're going to be able to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. I started thinking about it. Do I really believe this? I'm going to ask yourself the question. Do you actually believe that the power of the Trinity himself lives on the inside of you? He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's not inactive. He's not gone absent. He is here 24-7 all the time in every circumstance. He is here. And so when I stretch out my hand to lay hands on the sick, there's like another great hand on me. When I speak his words, either to believers or to unbelievers, his power is there to enable me. When I'm facing a situation at work that I, I need wisdom, I need help, I'm feeling weak, I, I, I can draw on the strength of this mighty one. And then this is the same power that on Easter Day, to, roughly 2,000 years ago, went into that tomb broke the power of sin and death and everything that was holding that body of Jesus down and supernaturally raised him from the dead. And then that's the power that when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, raises you up from your spiritual death of sin and trespass and comes in, and on the inside of you now, you have resurrection life. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. If it couldn't hold Jesus, it can't hold us. And so this is, this is so huge, and Paul knew this was so huge, that when he's writing his letter to um, the Ephesians, he prays two prayers that I want us to have sort of available to us over these next few weeks. Firstly, he prays that we might have a revelation of what the power available to us is. So he says in verse 19 of chapter 1, I pray also that you will understand what, say this with me, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. And then he goes on to tell us what that power is. This is the same, same, same same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. We have grave-conquering, death-destroying, sin-defeating power on the inside of us. We have a supernatural buoyancy on the inside of us in the good times and in the bad times. Can I say that almost in the times you most need God, he's there right on the inside of you ready to be your all-powerful helper. You may be one of those who did respond to Easter either for the first time or recommitted your life to Christ. Um, we had a word in the prayer meeting at the beginning of the, the day that there's some people, um, it's like you're experiencing a tug of war and like you feel stuff in the world just pulling you and pulling you. I want to tell you, 
You have a great power on the inside of you. You can say no to temptation and you can say yes to God's will for your life because you're never alone. It's not a question of how can I keep this up. It's Lord Holy Spirit, help me, strengthen me, help me to live a victorious life in Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's prayer for revelation. Open our eyes to see this. And then secondly, in chapter 3, he goes on to pray for an actual increase, if you like, of the experience of the Spirit. You know, we, we often sing, don't we? We've, you know, Holy Spirit, we ask you to fall afresh on us or fill us again. Um, or in, in Paul's prayer, he's saying, strengthen us within. Lord, manifest your presence to us. How many could say, Lord, I know you're here, but I want a greater experience of your power? Will you join with me in praying over the next few weeks? That we will experience a revelation and a greater manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. He says this, I pray out of his glorious riches, he may, what? Strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Can I say, this is not so much a Sunday morning message, this is a Monday morning message. This is when you're in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the challenge, wherever you're at, in your home, your work, your neighborhood, you can know this. 1 John 4, 4, the spirit is in you is far stronger than anything in the world. Or old translations, greater is he. Who's where? Where is he? Not just with us. He is with us. Not just for us. He is. But where is he? In us. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. He is an ever-present, perfect, loving friend. He's a wonderfully tender, all-knowing counselor who wants to show you the truth about yourself in Christ, about who Jesus is that you might walk free. And he's an all-powerful helper who wants to empower you for your life, but also to speak the words of Jesus and to do the works of Jesus. And my prayer is, oh God, give us a revelation of that. You see, if Jesus was to physically come back before his second coming, he's not going to, but imagine, we say, oh Lord, only, if only you could just come physically and just come, and, you know, come to Peterborough for a, a few months. Be cool. Or come to Cambridge, come to Leicester, London needs you, Lord. But if we really believe the scriptures, if he was to come back for a time, not in his glorified, but in, as he was on earth, in his first ministry, it would make a difference in those cities, yeah? I'm sure with technology, we'd get, we'd get the word out. But according to this verse that we've been focusing on, we have something better right now. Because when you're at work, Jesus and the Father are with you because the Holy Spirit's in you and with you. You can have revival in your work and in your neighborhood right now. And you can have it in your place. Another person can have it in their place and all across the world. It is happening all across the world. Because the Holy Spirit is here, we are seeing millions and millions of people come to Christ all across the world. We're seeing an increase of waves and waves of God's Holy Spirit being poured out on the earth. I don't know about you, I want to say, Lord, and here we are too. 
Amen? With all the challenges of our Western culture, with all that we're facing, say, we're going to rise up as the army of God. We're going to rise up as the church of the living God with resurrection power. And our lives are going to be different, and we're going to make a greater difference in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen, amen. So, Father, we thank you so much for the incredible gift of your Son to us, our Saviour, and the Spirit, our helper, our friend. And I want to speak this blessing over everyone watching and listening. May you know the grace, the amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. May in an increasing way you know the extravagant love of God the Father. And may you and every one of us know the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. Amen.